Who was the man that ruled over the Israelites and wouldn't let them go? As Moses told him many times to do so, but the king wouldn't listen. In this episode, we take a look at two of the thoughts of who the king of Egypt was during the Exodus. In episode 22, what's his name? Welcome to the History of the Bible podcast. Last time we left off looking at the Exodus and the Egyptian king and who he was. Now there are some people that complain and say that the Bible isn't real or accurate because it doesn't have the name of the king of Egypt written down. But as one scholar put it, the absence of Pharaoh's name may be ultimately for the theological reasons, because the Bible is not trying to answer the question, who is the Pharaoh of the Exodus, to satisfy the curiosity of modern historians. Rather, it was seeking to clarify for Israel who was the God of Exodus. But let us try to see who the king just may have been. First off, this isn't a very easy thing to say who the king was. Taking into consideration the different dates of the Exodus, either around 1445 BC or 1225 BC, we would think that it would be easy just to find the Pharaoh that lined up with those dates. But this isn't the case. For one, there are many scholars that are saying that the Egyptian time period is off by years, if not hundreds of years. The reason for this is because evolutionists and creationists believe the Earth's age to be different by a couple million years. The flood is thought to have happened sometime around 2300 BC. The issue that comes up is that the scholars that don't believe in the Bible say that the pyramids were built around 1550 BC and that the first rulers of Egypt were established in 3100 BC. The first rulers of Egypt couldn't have been ruling before the flood. Therefore, because of this conflict in dates, it makes identifying the kings of Egypt a little harder. If the Egyptian dates were to be left as is, then that would place the exodus happening during the 18th dynasty. But if the dates were changed, then it would place the exodus during the 12th dynasty. Many scholars say that there isn't any evidence for the Israelites to be in Egypt during the 18th dynasty. But during the 12th dynasty, there's plenty of evidence. Those that placed the 12th dynasty rulers over Egypt during the Exodus placed Sesostris III that would rise to power and not know Joseph and enslave the Israelites. No, this isn't the same one that Joseph served. Joseph is thought to be empowered during the rule of Sesostris I. Real quick, the rulers will be referred to as kings here, as the word Pharaoh wasn't used to refer to the ruler of Egypt until later on in history. Historically, the word pharaoh is the word for the building or house of the ruler, but would eventually come to mean the ruler themselves. But to help keep things in order, they will be referred to as kings. Sesostris III was the most powerful king during the Middle Kingdom, and a very strong-willed king. He did a lot of military campaigns that conquered more territory than anyone before him, and is thought to be the type of person to be a tyrant. He also did a lot of building activities in the Nile Delta region, which he may have employed the Israelites to do under forced labor. If Sesostris III was the one that enslaved the Israelites, it is thought that Neferhotep I was the king of Egypt during the Exodus. In Exodus 1 verse 11, it says that the Israelites built supply cities named Pithom and Ramses. 
So some think that the exodus was done during the reign of Ramses III. However, he wouldn't rule until the 20th dynasty, much later in history. So the city wouldn't be named after him. Therefore, it is thought that the cities that are mentioned in Exodus 1 verse 11 are either Bupestis, Tennis, or Cantir, all cities in the Nile Delta area. There's a lot of archaeological evidence that points out that a large group of slaves lived around the Nile Delta during the 12th dynasty. The nationality of these slaves are not known for sure. However, the Egyptians refer to them as Asiatics, which come from the Syrian and Palestine region. It's been found that these Asiatic slaves all lived together in a large group in the city of Cahun. What's also interesting is that in this town that these slaves lived in, there were boxes found underneath the floors. These boxes contained babies, sometimes two or three all buried in a single box, aging only a few months old. This could be in connection to when the king of Egypt was afraid of the Israelite people growing too strong and gave orders for all the male children that were born to be killed. Other evidence was that this large group of slaves disappeared very suddenly, and it wasn't just because the slaves were done with the building project. Secular scholars believe that the departure was unplanned because many valuable tools and household items were left. They didn't have time to pack in the sudden departure, which can be explained by the sudden departure of the Israelites. From this time of the 12th dynasty, a papyrus that told an account of an Egyptian woman battling for the possession of over 90 slaves, 48 of them were from the Asiatic people. But it can be identified that these 48 slaves of this woman were from the Semitic tribe that came from the northwest, which is where the land of Canaan is. And on top of that, there is evidence of pyramids being built with mud bricks and straw during the 12th dynasty. Now, the Great Pyramids were not built by the Israelite slaves. Those were most likely farmers during the off-season in the 4th dynasty of the Egyptian kings. Today, there are about 118 pyramids that are known about. During the 12th dynasty and Middle Kingdom, pyramids would be built. However, they were never as grand as the Great Pyramids. These were made out of bricks and straw which it can point to the Israelites being the ones to build these later pyramids because in Exodus 5, verse 7, it says that the Israelites were no longer supplied with straw for making bricks, but that they had to go out and get it on their own. Those that believe the Exodus happening during the 18th dynasty believe that it was Amenhotep II that would be in power at the time of Exodus, and that either Amenhotep I or the I were the ones to enslave the Israelites. These men were also proud and boastful rulers. But also, the Ebers Papyrus mentions that an astronomical event happened in the ninth year, month three, season three, day nine of Amenhotep I's reign, in which the rising of the star Sothis is seen, meaning that an event happened in outer space that astronomers today can pinpoint this event around 1541 BC. But the issue comes up is that the place that the rising of the star was observed was never given. It was just assumed that it was from Memphis, the Egyptian capital at the time. But if the observing of the star happens elsewhere, it could cause the dates to be totally off. 
Also, new moons are recorded, but if the date for the new moon is off by one day, it could cause the date to be off by 11 or 13 years. Once Amenhotep I's reign is dated, scholars simply count the years of the kings until they get to Amenhotep II, which is the one that is thought to have been the king during the Exodus. During the reign of Amenhotep II, it was said that there was an all of a sudden lack of military action in Egypt beginning in 1446 BC, which could be due to the fact that much of the Egyptian army was drowned in the Red Sea. It is also said that the successor of Amenhotep II, Thumosa IV, was not the legitimate heir to the throne. Because what we'll find out later is that the firstborn son of the king died from the last of the ten plagues, and usually the firstborn son would step into their father's position of king. The thing that comes up with saying that Amenhotep II was the king during the Exodus is that his body was mummified and is still round today. That would mean that he didn't drown from the Red Sea and later died from natural causes. And actually, his reign isn't thought to have ended with the Exodus, but it continued for many years. Therefore, some scholars conclude that the Egyptian king didn't die in the Red Sea, but that only his army did, and that would explain why in the year 1446 BC there was a lack of military campaigns because the Egyptian army was lost in the Red Sea. But other scholars proposed that the real Amenhotep II did die in the Red Sea, and that a quick substitute was placed in power with the same name as Amenhotep II, so that there was no time between the death of one and the rise of power of the other. But why would there be two men that ruled when the history books say that there was only one man? Well, there is a mummy that is not yet identified, and it fits the description of the age and time of the death that would fit the time period of the Exodus. Plus, to prevent panic and a power vacuum, a quick replacement would be needed. In Exodus, it doesn't say that the king died with his army in the Red Sea, but that it was just his army that was drowned. However, in Psalms 136, verse 15, it says that God hurled, overthrew, or swept, depending on the translation, the king of Egypt and his army into the Red Sea. There is also evidence that Amenhotep II did at least three campaigns, and it is thought that on his second campaign he captured 3,600 Hebrews, which shows that he interacted with the Israelites after they had left Egypt. But the Bible doesn't say anything about interacting with the Egyptians after recently leaving Egypt, and it could be referring to a later time period in Israel's history. Another thing that is used to show that Amenhotep II was the king during the Exodus, that his grandmother's name was Hapshipshut. She would be removed completely from history, which is thought to be due to the reason that she may have been Moses' mother-in-law. But it has been found out that she co-ruled with Amenhotep's father and tried to make herself pharaoh and remove her son from power, and that once she died, either of natural causes or murder, all evidence of her was removed. So it might not have been due to her being connected to Moses, but that she was trying to take the throne. But that does bring up another question of who was Moses' stepmother? Both of these men have evidence to show that they very well could have been the king of Egypt during the Exodus, 
More evidence shows, however, that the Israelites were enslaved during the 12th dynasty, and not much has been found showing the Israelites in Egypt during the 18th dynasty. And this would place the exodus happening in the reign of Nephrotep I. But leaving the time period of ancient history alone, just based on dates, would place the exodus happening during Amenhotep II. Now that it has been narrowed down to at least one of the two kings that could have been the ruler of Egypt during the time of Exodus, let's take a look at other things that may put some light on who it was, such as who the stepmother of Moses was. So join us next time in episode 23, Drawn Out of the Water. Thanks for listening to the History of the Bible podcast. We really appreciate it if you would take a few moments of your time and rate and review the show. And be sure to follow it too. Also, tell your friends and family. If you would like to reach out to us and leave feedback or to let us know how this show has impacted you, check out the links in the show notes. Until next time, remember that you are loved, special, and worthwhile.